0: Right, welcome back to another year of political football. The doubters, the media said we couldn't make it back for a third year. Well, guess what? We have and we're coming back better than ever. And I'm joined here by my co-host, Joseph Boyden. And tell you what, I, I know from just looking at him right now, he's excited for rugby league season and policies back in the full swing of things, a bit of political football going on. And how about Kenny Logan's? With the intro there, playing with the boys, that's what I'll be doing this weekend, for every now, from this weekend all the way through to the first weekend of October. How are you, mate? Good, mate.
1: Yeah, absolutely salivating for
0: my rugby league to return. Obviously, the best team in the competition, kicking the
1: season off on Thursday night. That's the Parramatta Eels. Um, but yeah, sad to see cricket season start to come to an end, even though it's been an average year, but... Um very, very excited, Tom. Very excited for some rugby load. Absolutely. And
0: just speaking of the cricket, we are coming to you live now as Matt Cootum spins the web outside the off stump over there in India. So uh, looking forward to some more positive results there uh, in, in the back end of the series and hopefully get a tie. But uh, in terms of what the agenda for this week's podcast is, on the uh, political football side of things, we'll be discussing uh, the state of the economy, various aspects of that. It's been a very big few weeks of debate and uh, discourse Uh, in relation to the RBA uh, and inflation and and what's going on there and the disconnection perhaps between the average household and the analysis the RBA undertakes to uh, lift interest rates or set interest rates. Uh, we'll discuss that amongst other things, including uh, the role of housing this time around in the, in, as opposed to unemployment in the potential of a recession and also uh, the need for tax reform as well. If we want uh, Scandinavian services, you can't have them at US tax rates, but we'll get to that. On the, on the sporting side, Joseph, uh, what do we have on the sporting side? Yeah, mate. Right, so we're going to be uh, previewing our NRA Season to come. Um,
1: we'll be giving you guys our ladder predictions as well as some player awards, um,
0: and
1: just you know, just yeah. a bit of general chat We're excited, yeah. we're ready to go.
0: Yeah, as a Tigers fan, eternal optimism is a key feature of my personality. And guess what? I've bought the magic potion again, and I'm expecting to buy grand final tickets after Saturday, after Sunday's big win against the Gold Coast Tigers. But we'll get to that shortly. Starting off now, issue number one, underlying cause of inflation. Well. How, how big big's your can of worms here, Joseph? <laughs> um, so the, a lot of the discussion, this really galvanises the, uh, the, wor- the working class or the working community against, against business. It's always been a point of, uh, of contention as to what drives inflation. But here at Political Football, we're about evidence-based policy. Um, so look, there's been some research published recently by the Centre for Future Work uh, running some analysis on just what is driving inflation above the RBA's target band of 2 to 3%. So that is what the RBA targets for controlling inflation, 2-3%. So that's the rise of prices in the, in the basket of goods, that the consumer price index that we're looking at there. And so that's what they target for inflation. Now, over the last 30 years, it's been largely within that band. Uh, the inflation dragon was so, so much slayed in the early 90s uh, with the recession that occurred there. And since that point Thomas largely been in control. But due to some external factors, the Ukraine, uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, you know, illegal invasion of UK- Ukraine with the war there, um, that was beautifully put, wasn't it? Um, it has pushed up energy prices. Russia's a big supplier of, of gas into Europe. Uh, and then so that was that the pipeline was cut off, and that means it's pushed the demand for gas uh, and for energy prices up. It was a relatively modest, uh, mild winter in, in Europe, so that actually helped ease uh, some of the short-term burden on supply. Um, but we do have a scenario here where energy prices, I think, in the uh, budget forecast were slated to go up by 50% uh, with some of the controls that have been put in by the Treasurer um, and the Treasury there. That, that, that's brought that down a bit. Uh, they put some price controls in there. It's only a temporary short-term fix, but that's been pushing up price of inflash- inflation as well as um, uh, sort of other, other things as well that we'll get to now. So the Centre for Future Work, what they did, they ran some analysis looking at labour composition, c- compensation, corporate gross profit, small business income, and a few other aspects of total factor income and looked at it as to what's actually contributing to inflation above that target band. And running on the assumption that corporate profits, anything exceeding inflation plus growth was excessive profit, they found that 70% or 69% to be exact um, of inflation above that band was attributable to profits. Now, if you read the AFR, uh, and the Australian, any any other Murdoch rag, they'll they'll have it say that you know there's always this possibility of a wage price spiral, like in some nineteen seventies fantasy that they're living. I wouldn't even one back in the nineteen seventies. I think West won the Amco Cup back then. But um, besides that, um, it's just not the reality of the situation. Situation, real wages. Uh, I think grew, like had a negative factor of 4.5% over the last 12 months. And that's not because wages growth actually picked up to above 3% for the first time in more than a decade, but it's the inflation, I think it was 7.8% annualized last year, that's causing the gap. Um, so that's really putting pressure on households to be able to afford everyday living. Um, I was watching, um, what's my, uh, ABC 7.30 the other night, and uh, Alan Cole, the business and financial analyst there, he ran, a, he, was running, he ran a segment, and some of his segments are just top-notch, you know, top-notch. Maybe one day I'll get there. But uh, <laughs> uh, he was running a, a segment, and he was talking this about... Is your resume, mate. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Yeah. Political football, that's your resume. That's right, that's right. And um, he, was, there was, he interviewed this one family, or one of his reporters interviewed this one family, who lived in the outskirts of Melbourne. They both worked. The, the wife had just taken on an additional job. They had three children. Their gross income was $2,400 a month. Twenty four hundred dollars a month with two people working full time and taking on an additional job. Look, what is going on there? Where, sure, where are they living? In the outskirts, it was a it was suburban Melbourne. They didn't give you the exact oh. location, but the the premise was that they were going to a food bank to get their to get their food, and so rather than you know the classic scenario of where you would think a homeless person accesses, um, accesses that support service. Mm. There's been more and more cases anecdotally, of course, from people working on the front line that working families are going there to be able to, to, be able to deal with the costs of everything because rents are going up. So their rent was $1,800 a month. Mm. Plus, they've the, had the, the bills surrounding that. That was three to $400 a month. That leaves them with $200 a month if they on top to, to feed, feed themselves and their three children. Just not, not possible.
1: Where are they? What industries are
0: they working? Well, they, they didn't give you the industries they're working in. But, but
1: you assume they're like minimum wage. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. Yeah. They, they, they'd have to be. And, and maybe so maybe it's a scenario where the wife works full-time and, and the and the husband works part-time or, or vice versa. But you, with it, that's, that'd be just speculation. But either way, $2,400 a month, mm. while you're working, both working, and supporting three children, that, that could be a scenario where you get to working poor. So we can't get to that scenario and... A key part of this, and I I say this in all my work, and feel free to interrupt if you need to, um, is is the importance of housing in this scenario. So we have a really strong labour market at the moment. Unemployment's really low, underemployment's really low. That's all really good signs. But the connection between unemployment and pay rises hasn't been as strong as in the past. Hopefully that starts to turn around now. Um, but with rising interest rates, that generally means unemployment goes up because yep. the, the cost of small businesses who have loans, cost of households, that goes up, so it pushes everything up, so you get unemployment coming back up again. Now, structurally, it should still stay below 5%, I think, given the demand for, for labour across multiple sectors. But it is a really interesting one this time around. Usually, it's me- recessions, amongst other things, is measured by unemployment and the impact that has on unemployment. The scenario this, could, this time around could be actually the unhoused, and that's one, one point that Alan Kohler really went to. So I thought that was a really interesting insight and something that like with with my work, again, I'm, I'm, there's plenty of people that work in this space So I'm sure who have, who have similar insights or who could get I'd, I'd rich input here, but yeah, the housing scenario and just... The cost of cost of mortgages and the size of the debt, that's the issue this time, the size of the debt. So a, a relatively small jump in interest rates has a bigger, bigger impact. And if you borrowed in the last few years when interest rates were really low, so that increased your borrowing capacity in terms of the, the amount that you could afford to buy a house for in terms of its headline value, then there's a potential as your house price, price comes down, you go got a negative equity, and then you're also struggling to make the mortgage repayment, you know? So it's like, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. So, um, yeah, right. I could talk about that all day, but that, that's my analysis on that. Joe, what are your thoughts on that, just quickly, as the average punter coming well, in there,
1: mate? I'm shitting myself, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, you've just scared me out of wanting to buy anything. and um, Yeah, I mean, definitely a concern, Tom. I mean, I don't have the, the stats and the numbers like, like yourself, but it is very concerning to think that, you know, even people who are at work full-time... Um, will still be considered poor and yeah. still struggle to, yeah. to put a roof over their head is concerning. Yeah. Um, now, pain, I have, I have there is a, a worst-case scenario there. There is a factor that comes into decision-making by people yeah. during your lifetime, and I won't, you know, I won't harp on, but education comes into that a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, like enabling people to make the right choices throughout yeah. their lifetime. I mean, you can't blame the people, the government and, um, you know... The public have to help yeah. other people as well, but yeah, I, I do think it's not all taken out of the people's hands too. Oh, yeah. Sometimes people are responsible for their own demise, yeah. um, as brutal as that may sound. But I, I think I yeah, I think it's important not to take that out yeah. of all the statistics. Yeah, but for the battlers who are battling, yeah. they're doing their best. Battlers FC and aren't in their position due to any sort of wrong decisions that they yeah. made. Then. That is a truly big
0: concern, and that, that's who we're talking. To. That's who we're talking yeah, about. I mean, you can't
1: really separate them out of the, like you can't separate them out of the numbers, and you also can't discri- like discriminate. Yeah. But a lot of people in situations could be people who made bad decisions, yeah. and and everyone deserves redemption as well. But I think um, you know it's it's quick, we we can be quick to blame government, we can be quick to blame each other, but. We got
0: to take some responsibility too. Yeah, and I, I'm not, I'm not talking. We're not doing a deep dive on the psychological impacts <laughs> of of people making bad decisions over their lifetime. I'm sure all our listeners have made bad ones over the, the course of their lifetime. But you can't pick your parents, and you, and you can't choo- choose some of your yeah. life scenarios. No, 100%, that you, that you 100%. go into, but what what we are, are talking about is policy settings that have been left to wane for too long. You know, when you go into have a, th- a relatively 30, stable thirty year period people become complacent, and policy settings become complacent, rules change over time, the nature of the economy changes over time, and perhaps the rules haven't kept up with, with how, how, how society has transformed. And that's transformed. what I'm saying, the
1: rules, the rules can't discriminate because yeah. that's not what they're there yeah. for.
0: Um, but when but ha- the yeah.
1: personal aspect does exist.
0: Yeah. And when you have a scenario where more and more households are paying over 30% of their income, which is usually the guide to housing affordability or not, you could say it's up to forty percent, obviously the higher income you're on, the more flexibility you have in terms of what that additional amount is. So for example, if house prices go up by 40% or your, your rental payment goes up by X amount, if you're on a higher income, that remaining amount of your income left over it still might be enough to get by. But for lower income earners who are paying forty percent of their of their um income towards rent or towards a repayment that just, that just completely suffocates it, especially when you're trying to accommodate for a family. So it's about the dynamics of, of that, right? And, and the, and you can't, the, the, we're one of the wealthiest countries on the face of the planet, one of the wealthiest countries to ever grace this God's great earth. But um, so you can do anything that you want. You just can't do everything that we want. And so that brings me to my next discussion. How's this for a segue? Is the tax reform, right? So this week, Anthony Albanese and Jim Chalmers announced that for those super accounts over $3 million, so people holding super accounts with over $3 million in it, they'll no longer be able to access a 15% concessional rate of tax, that'll be doubled to 30%, and this will come in in 2025, so they'll be taking it to the next election, it'll be legislated this term, but it'll be going into uh, legislated after the term, so they'll take it to the people uh, to vote, and um, it'll raise about... Um, estimates, Grant Institute estimates about $1 billion uh, per year savings Other places have said close to $2 billion, But it's a tax saving um, It's a saving for the government uh, Or sorry, a revenue raiser for the government For the people who can most afford it um, So uh, this is sound politics and sound policy Often they say sound policy leads to sound politics um, And in, in this case I think that's what it is Despite what Andy Morris and Harry, Harry Tate And all those small little liberals who live east of the Anzac Bridge Have never had any issues in their life uh, say this is a reality, the scenario, right? And to think that that this would like this should have the support of 99.5 like, percent of people who own super super accounts are unaffected. It's under the top 0.5 percent. So it's a good political wedge in the sense that Peter Dutton says he's putting out their, um policy that supports regional and rural families. But I tell you what, there aren't many rural and regional families with over three million dollars in their in their super account. Right, and if we want the service, we, there's two sides of the budget equation, right? There's spending, and then there's revenue. And people love going on about the spending thing. on intercut government spending, and sure, there's plenty of items. I'm sure you can go through. And Caddy Gallagher and Jim Chalmers are working away on that too. But the revenue side is 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 a, is a has been an unspoken elephant for thirty years. If you look at the '80s, the '90s, the reform era decades. They had a lot of items coming through to and from on the uh, revenue side as well. And so if we want a world-class health system, if we want to be be able to take care of our elderly, if we want to be able to properly fund childcare, if we want a world-class defense system, be able to protect our sovereign borders and everything else, and all the infrastructure that comes along with that, then you can't have that at U.S. tax rates. In other words, as I said at the beginning, you can't have Scandinavian services at U.S. tax rates. Something's got to give, because that just leads to structural deficits time and time again. So that's a choice for the people of Australia to make. If people want U.S. services at U.S. tax rates, they'll vote for that. They'll vote for the coalition. But ultimately, something's and in my experience, in everything that I've seen, people want good services. People want to be able to go to the doctor and, and get good treatment with their Medicare card, right? It's one of the great... The people want to be able to have a good education that everyone can have access to, whether it's all the way through to high school and then obviously on the vocational or higher education. So... That's the that's the challenge I pose to these people who they they're talking out of their back pocket or talking out of personal interest rather than actually the good of evidence based policy. And I, I just can't see how anyone could argue that this is not a good policy. Some could say that you could argue that it could have probably should have gone further. And and my, my hill I'm willing to die on is because I'm not entrenched in either in either party. Even though I'm a, I'm a fan of one party over the other, is a capital gains discount. That'd be a real way to, way to make headwind. But that'll that talk about that's a, that's a death wish because tax reform in this country is a poison chalice. Um, <laughs> even though a lot of the time it might work for the good of most, the people who stand to gain the who stand to lose the most, or even if they're really small, they will often have the loudest voice. So. Um, we'll see how we go on that, but it's a step in the right direction, and I'm more for it. I
1: would just like to shout out Harry Tate and Andy Morris. That that was coming from Tom. Yeah. Um, that wasn't a personal attack from me. Yeah. Uh, don't send me
0: DMs. Aim yeah. at Tom. Yeah. So we've already had a, a, a <laughs> thorough discussion over the last 24 hours, yeah. and I'd have to. I wouldn't expect anything better from Harry Tate, but Andy Morris and his policy mind and some of the stuff that you know that he talks about tax reform all the time. And him, him, you know, I'm not sure whether he's just, you know, he's just stealing, uh, you know, a bit of candy from a baby here, but we need to do a call in one day. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do a call in. Hello,
0: baby. this is Andy Morris. <laughs> oh, Andy, you've been in the UK for a couple of years, have you, mate? Oh, Johnny, Batman. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, we'll, we'll leave that there. That's my, that's my take on, uh, and, and Joe's partial take <laughs> on that. Had to get that off the chest. It feels good. you know. The, the podcast is almost a form of therapy these days. Yeah, I'm just a just, witness. Just to get it out there. That's <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll jump into uh, some sport now for all those long-time sufferers who just get to the politics session to just get to the sport, <laughs> which is probably 90% of our audience. But um, thanks very much, and uh, we'll be back after this short uh, advertisement. Ray Warren, Kenny Goldenboy Sutcliffe, and Bruce McAvaney. What do they all have in common? They've all been through the Matt Nables School for Emotive Commentary. Are you a young and inspiring, up-and-coming commentator? Do you want to be the next voice of rugby league? Do you want to be calling the next Olympics? Well, guess what? Matt Noble's got the course for you. A course in the one-stop shop of how to make sport the best drama on the face of the planet, Matt Nable. You can't replicate this rasp, and that's what makes a good commentator. Join up now at mattnablecommentary.com.au. How good's rugby? Life takes on new meaning. The working week more tolerable. For at its end, there's hope
1: there's comfort, there's the guarantee of spectacle, of
0: a win of a loss and another brick in the path of every team's destiny Oh there you go, that was Muddy Nabel welcoming back in the 2023 NRL season, it almost feels like a rite of passage experiencing Muddy Nabel's greatness, obviously one of Australia's greatest actors that we've produced in our history amongst Russell Crowe and, and Tony Collette and just to name a few uh, but uh, just the, the way he captures the, the raw emotion and the drama. And, and it really is the best drama on the face of the planet rugby league. Just when you think it can't offer any more. It just you, gives you that extra 1-2%. Do you
1: think he's he's actually that bricked up for a footy bar? Or do you reckon he's, he's just that good of an actor that he can like give that to us week after week? Because we get a promo out of Matty every week. Yeah. He's either that bricked up and he means, the, he means every word. Or he's just... As you said, one of Australia's all-time actors. Look,
0: I can't speak for what Matty Nabel's going downstairs, but I can say that when I watch it, I'll get bricked up.
1: We might have to get him on. <laughs> uh, we we'll
0: have to get him on, yeah, yeah. We we'll might have to get him on, but uh, we've got a special guest later on. Not uh, Matt Nabel, but just uh, another for- member of the Rugby League fraternity, and we're looking forward to seeing what he's got to say about uh, making a return to the NRL for the first time since 2020. Uh, but let's get to it. Uh, plenty of games this week. It's 17 teams. One team's got the buy the Dragons, and I bet the Dragons fans are happy that they'll be getting two points because let's face it, they'll play this weekend, unless they're playing the Dolphins, that would be been copping the L. Um, that's my short prediction for the for a bottom full team, the St. George's Laura Dragons. But that's neither here nor there for the moment. And let's get started with your beloved Parramatta Eels, the season opener at Combank Stadium, taking on the Melbourne Storm. Uh, I want you to give me your prediction for this. Where is this match won and lost, and why will Parramatta win?
1: This bl- match is won and lost. Pulls, I think. You know, if you have listened to me talk about Parramatta ever on this podcast, I just give you the same spiel every time. This game is won and lost in the middle of the field. Obviously, I just I get off on Paris forward pack, but the thing I see here with with the Fords is Melbourne's forwards like. They've lost their core back row. Bromwich Um, Brothers. Bromwich Brothers, but Finucane as well. I mean, they haven't seen great success since Finucane left. Um, Bromwich Brothers are gone. Kofusi's gone. Nelson's not an 80-minute player. Brandon Smith's gone. Um, So you've got Nelson 8, Grant 9, Christian Welch 10. Great uh, three up front, but as you know, your front row don't play the whole game. But then you're eleven. You got Trent Loyero, Elise Katoa, and Josh King. So, I see that back row a little bit weak. Yep. Um, even if they are good players coming through the Melbourne system or at least being picked up by Melbourne, you'd expect that they're they're solid players. But, um, I just think their weaknesses. I think Moses and um the Para edges are going to have a field day. Yep. Um, I I do think Para will win this game. Um but obviously melbourne and melbourne so it'll be a close one and mm. i think it'll be a perfect way to kick the season off but yeah i just think for eels forward packs going to be a bit too good um obviously our back row additions of hopgood dory and Murchie. um mm. i think again they looked really good in the trials and i think they're just gonna
0: uh, get into their work yeah they really make up for him for madison and papa lee going yeah. but uh that's just uh... well, Madison's still there. <laughs> well, Madison's yeah. suspended, yeah, probably. And who else did you lose? You got Sean Lane's out as well. Sean Lane broke his fractured his jaw, yeah. yeah he
1: um, so he'll be out for a while. We lost Reed Marnie, obviously, yeah. but replaced with
0: a uh, um Joshy with, Joshy Hodson, hooker with great experience. Yeah, well, I think um Jermaine Hopkins could be a smuggy for buy the season. He was the next cub off yeah. the rank at Penrith. Um, he was knocking on the door, being in that top seventeen. Um, so he could be a smoky for that. Put a yeah. hope on him. Yeah, good hop on him Kid mid, can yeah. hop. A few good tattoos on him too, you know, Kid he'd, can he'd, hop. Get a bit of a bit of rough bit of rough around the edges. I like it. Um moving on now to what I think is deserving of a Friday night game, six PM game to start the season. Warriors and Newcastle oh. <laughs> to start the to start the season. It, heat tip in this one, the, the less time we spend on this one the better.
1: If you can do a half day at work on Friday, do it. Just so you can catch your six PM game. <laughs> um look this is a stab in the dark I, I think Knights Will get revved up By all the shit That's been talked about them yeah. Um, I think they'll come out Of the blocks Strong like they did Last year against Roosters um, Early in the piece
0: But then they'll Obviously die off So I'm going Knights Yep yeah. I, I went with the Warriors Just for the fact that They had good trial form They're at home Haven't played much Home football over recent years um, I'm still not sold on Callum and Being at 6 I do like the addition Of Jacko Hastings uh, he'll give his all at Newcastle. Maybe he'll provide a bit of starch, but it feels like more of the same from the, the team. Do a bit of depth on the bench with Adam Elliott and Hedrington, uh, but it might take a bit of time for their formations to come. And uh, one thing the Warriors always do is when they get the, um, when they get going, they get some good go-forward. So I expect them to uh, get one over Newcastle, probably about 6 to 12 points. Okay. Uh, moving on to the blockbuster game of Friday night. Uh, one of the biggest market teams in the Brisbane Broncos playing... The Penrith Panthers are two-time defending champions. Uh, Panthers are short for this one. I'd have to roll with the Panthers just on class and form. I know people, a lot of people are riding off the Panthers, or not riding off, but saying that it's going to be harder for them to do a 3 P given the loss of Coruscant and, and, and Kick-Out uh, and Hopgood and uh, some other fringe players around the edges. But you've still got to look at that 1-17, and it is so elite. Dylan Edwards, one of the best fullbacks in the game. Targo, Cryden in the centres, Toho. Luai and Cleary, just solid as a rock there. Cleary, in my opinion, the best player in the game. Their, their four-pack hasn't changed much outside of Coruscant and Kikau. So you've still got Liotta and Fisher-Harris up front. So maybe it shouldn't be an issue. Liam Martin and Isaiah Yo. I'm big on Isaiah Yo. So it should be elite. Um, and then still a pretty good bench with Lenny and Sorensen and Sonny Luke coming off there. In relation to the Broncos... A lot of hype there on them this year given you know they were pretty good last year until they fell away at the end of the season. Again I'm not sold on them. I just think defensively mm. they just leak too many points and they can be very sporadic in how they perform. Mm. Billy Walters at nine doesn't give me the most confidence. Renault will be good, but Ezra Mam at six, still unproven. Um and, and, but I do like Cobo at the back. I'm a big Cobo Stramo. fan. Um. Yeah, that's right. Throw right, road, and uh, even though he loves talking shit about his coach, uh, <laughs> he uh, good he's coach, good. Good coach, shit so coach. I still I expect Penrith to win this. Just the 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 you know death by a thousand cuts the way they go about their game. So uh, would you agree on that one? Yeah, mate. I will. I um I was always thinking had
1: it in the back of my mind that Penrith would get ambushed at the start of the season. Um. You know, just because they've lost a few players. Um, they've obviously come off back-to-back premierships, uh, a few of their players won went over won a World Cup, so I thought, you know, they might not have that motivation to sort of kick them off, so I thought an ambush would come, but obviously they got ambushed against St. Helens the other week, so yeah. I think that ambush was enough to sort of spark them, and I think they'll be hot and heavy and ready for round yeah. one against Brisbane, Um, and I think they'll definitely get the job done. Yeah.
0: And I don't think you'll see Penrith at their best now, I think it's one of those scenarios where you're going for the 3 P. you have to manage it, so they'll aim to progress over time, knowing that their defence can solely win games and their attack it might take a little while to click, especially with our Coruso and feeding the ball to kick out on that left edge for more natural points. But, um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, they'll be right and Someone, they'll, they'll be in the top four. Another big again. thing I think that hasn't been talked about much is
1: the loss of Taylor May. Um, obviously, you get rid of... Uh, Charlie Staines yeah. so he's not there anymore. Coming to Concord So they've lost a bit of outside back depth now. Um so I I think that could be so obviously Penrith on their out, on their edges have been very powerful but I don't know I think you've lost a bit of depth there that could be a little bit of an issue coming through there this year because obviously their Sunia Taruva yeah. I'm sorry Sunia if I've said that wrong um you know, not much NRL experience, and then so if you've already if you're already playing one winger who's new to, yeah. that, to this like level of the game, your depth can't be great. Yeah. So I I reckon they're going to attack his edge quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. So you could see a few tries coming in yeah. his way. Whoever I'm, I'm, his a, I'm a personal to fan of
0: Taruva. I think he's been knocking on the door, but we'll see. Again, I get your point about him being unproven. Moving on now to Manly versus uh, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs Saturday afternoon game at Four Pines Park. Um, And again, the the formula for Manly is simple. I think most people will get it. Uh, Tom Chubojevic, potential of finals. No Tom Chubojevic, bottom dweller. Cellar dweller, I should say. It's as easy as that, and it truly is.
1: And you can't say otherwise, um, because it's happened for
0: the past what two
1: or three seasons.
0: He's the most valuable player, in my humble opinion, in relation to the the performance (laughs) of one team. He just he just like takes that team and he makes everyone better, around him better. That outside back, Brad Parker looks like the second coming in Jamie Lyon when mm-hmm. Tom Therboyfish is on the field. Tui Pilotu, you know, the uh Kula, or Kola, however you want to say Stubby. it. Um I'm a big fan of Garrick, a member of Bloat FC, good looking rooster. <laughs> um but they again their forward pack, much of the same, they haven't changed much They're Kilma to that's enough to frighten opponents out of their bloody boots. <laughs> Give me a break, thank God we got rid of that deadwood. Um and, uh, yeah, so Doggies are interesting, right? I mean, they're, they're outside of the Tigers and, and the Dolphins, obviously. they are probably the most active in the, um, in the recruitment market. Similar composition to the Tigers in the fact they've bought a, a, a top-rate hooker um, in, in um, Reid Marnie from the Parramatta Eels and also adding Vili, Viliami Kikau to the left edge. The issue I have with Kikau is that he is a disruptive player and no doubt will have his fair share of tries and line breaks. But it's about who's feeding him the ball and the structure that he was in and now I don't get the most confidence out of Kyle Flanagan feeding him the ball. Uh, obviously I think Burton is a class player, so hopefully the connection there, but I think Burton from memory mostly plays well put maybe he'll no, pop up on both sides of the ruck, but No, they yeah, should he should yeah. be out with Yeah, yeah.
1: He should be out with Villy.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I and I like I like you know, Carraz and Avarillo, Alamotti, they all show promise. Added Carr's obviously good. I'm not sure about Hayes at the back form of or Eel. Um, so just, just didn't have the stuff Yeah yeah That's right yeah, Sorry right. Ace. Sorry Hayes. Yeah. They didn't have the stuff uh, Luke Thompson's gone down But then you look at the bench For the dogs You know They've got Tenor, Waddell Pele 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 From the grave <laughs> fact is death To, to Pele And play for the Bulldogs yeah. um, And Jacob Preston Like who are these guys I've heard of Waddell uh, But it's just that yeah, like, You know They've invested in Seven players Burton Kick Marnie You know That's where their money's at Um at a car And the like But um, yeah I, I think only get the Choppies In this one But I hope for Dogs fans Long-suffering Dogs fans And long-time listeners Like Andy Lee uh, and, and the crew out there In uh, Kennery Bankstown um, In La uh, They uh, They have some success This year But just not against the Tigers
1: I dread Andy Lee This season Because the Dogs Will probably get Three more wins Than they did last <laughs> season And Andy Lee Will be oh, like yeah. year of the dog <laughs> year Every of the day dog. On his Instagram yeah.
0: Um, next game coming up on Super Saturday, the Cowboys take you on the Canberra Raiders. Um, look, I didn't like what I saw from Canberra in the preseason. It it, it strikes me as a tied list. Mm-hmm. They haven't added anyone much. Um I, you know I'm a fan of Hudson Young. Obviously Jackie Boy wine is good on his day, his class, and he's a good player, but yeah, it just it just strikes me as a tide. I think Papa Lee, Josh Papa Lee, that is his past his best um yeah, and, and Corey Harrier and Ira, you know, these guys, you know, I think they're, they're past their best. Maybe prove wrong, you know, maybe sticking can get the best out of them. But again, their performance is sporadic. The Cowboys, I had them coming back slightly to the pack this year, still going well. But I think they'll win this game and I think they'll win it comfortably up there at uh, Queensland Countryback Stadium. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I'd agree, Tom. Uh, I hate counting my hometown Raiders out, but I yeah, I do agree. They didn't make many moves in the off-season, but... And saying that, the emergence of uh, Tarpany at the sort of last yeah. season, he's he's was playing out of his skin. Um, I worry about their outside backs. I think Rapana is heavily overrated. Yeah. Um, and they're playing Sebastian Chris at fullback this week. So I yeah. think they're going to have problems for a little while until they work that out. Uh, but, you know, sticky,
0: mate. Sticky brings the best out of yeah. everybody. That's right. That's right. Good old sticky. Get the golf club out, sticky. I might be needing a couple of. <laughs> Drivers around their heads Soon But um, let, Let's move on now To what I think is Game of the round Saturday night Saturday night prime time On uh, Fox League It's uh, The Cronulla Sharks Is it Cronulla Subleton? No it, I think it's, it's Cronulla Subleton You is Cronulla and Sharks it's had a, It is Because in, in touches I think it's Cronulla But it it's is. a Cronulla Subleton Sharks in the league uh, against, up, against the South Sydney Rabbitohs um, this, this is a tantalising match I think the South are the are just slight favourites, but this could be a, a prelim final or even a green final uh premiere. The Sharks, correct me if I'm wrong, Are without Nico Hines, which is a big blow for them. But in saying that they've still got class and they, they p- love putting on points deluxe. The Sharks attack, you talk people talk about the um the South Sydney attack going into just like this pattern of formation and being able to score points on either side on either edge, um with their with their block players with Cody Walker just being able to draw and pass delightfully Alongside Ayala But the Cronulla Southern Sharks I'll tell you what They're just almost as good With the way they play With the flyers on the edge With Mulatalo And, and, um, and, uh, and Ramey and, and and who else? Sione Katoa <laughs> um, And my, my personal favourite Sia Sifatala <laughs> Yeah um, they're, just, they're just a dynamic They're just a dyna- dynamic team And I think their forward pack uh, With uh, big boy Rudolph over there No doubt it got around Mardi Gras uh, Bradenham, who uh, who uh, you know, he's been consistent for a few years now, and the likes of Dale and Teague Wilton, um, and, and Ken McKinnis, McInnes, Wade Graham, Kafusi, and Jack Williams. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good bench coming off the off the line there for the, for the Sharky. So I've actually got him coming quite high, as much as it, it pains me to say, um, as a, as a not too much of a fan of the Cronulla Southern Sharks, uh, but. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think they're going well, and I've, I've tipped them to get the upset here, knowing full well that I still think South will fi- probably finish top four, but I just think early season, what I saw for them in the trials, I know the South put Dragons, slayed the Dragons in a charity shield, but let's face it, that isn't much of a task these days. Mm. Um, so yeah, give us your prediction on this one, and just where you think these two teams are at.
1: Yes, the the, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, <laughs> they do have a bit about them, Tom, but... I think without their their Dalian man, they will struggle. Uh, Braden Trindle, you know, like yeah. what, like what are we doing? Here? Yeah, I, I don't mind I don't want Trindle. Oh, we love. Uh, he's we one love, of
0: those guys who's probably good enough to play first grade. We love just, some
1: Trindarella. Yeah, 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 we do.
0: But you know, if we're
1: talking about Nico being out round one, I feel like this is that one of those games. Both the Sharks and the Rabbits will be disappointed to have in yeah. round one because yeah, you you don't want to be you don't want. To be having this clash in round one Round one's such a write-off Every year it's such a write-off There's yeah. someone, Some of the best teams in the comp Are losing yeah. to, um, to like games That they just like weren't ready for um, So disappointing to have this in round one But it will be exciting out of the gate I think Rabbits get the job done um, I'd like to buy into The, the Sharkies getting it off, off
0: The mark straight away But I think the Rabbits will do it yeah. And do it well very Good okay, that's uh, good to disagree there, but um, here I think uh, the only thing better than one Latrell Mitchell is two Mitchells big Shaquai getting a start off the bench. His brother Shaq Daddy, yeah, yeah, Shaq Daddy, uh, one of the best names in the NRL. Shaquai Mitchell, keep an eye out for him. He's looking trim, oh, yeah, he's looking nice and trim. Uh, moving on to the Sunday games here, double header here, Sunday afternoon, the much vaunted debut of the Redcliffe Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> That was my dolphin. Noise. Yeah, that was good. That was good. More of a horse. People thought we didn't know Five Dock was by the sea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, taking on the, the 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 Sydney Roosters, or the East as I like to call them, because that's what they are. They're Eastern Suburbs Roosters, not Sydney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how <laughs> that's, how who rep- is that? that's who they represent. Uh, but again, it wouldn't, wouldn't be the first time East think they, you know, they represent more of the community than they actually do. It says a lot about the club. Yeah, yeah it does. It does. Um, but I think uh, roosters are unbackable favourites here. In the words of Scott Sattler, uh, in relation to the Dolphins' recruitment, it's some of the worst recruitment in the NRL he's ever seen, <laughs> which I found quite laughable because it it does leave a lot to be desired, in my humble opinion. Um, if they if they rolled that cup out in the Queensland, that team up in the Queensland Cup, I wouldn't be, I would think that's a pretty good Queensland Cup team. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I'm not sure about the NRL to be honest. Honestly, yeah, I like this. There's
1: some players there. They've they've got a couple of players. Like obviously they clean the Melbourne Storm back row right, as we talked about before. Yeah. But you you got your Tommy Gilbert, um, you got your bloody your Mark Nichols is good for the Rabbits. Like again, not like earth shattering players. Yeah. But you've got some solid players, and then they've signed. Who did they sign?
0: They signed Tom Flegler, Tom Flegler. And, uh, and Herbie Farmer, Herbie Farmer.
1: So they're yeah, for starting next year. to get some. Names.
0: Yeah. So for next year, yeah. that you know, and I said so the year of development. It's it's hard starting a new franchise. I think Gold Coast did a better job coming in. They had Matt Rogers, Scotty Prince, Preston yeah. Campbell, Greg Bird, uh Luke Bailey. They had these sort of guys. Look, who, I think the
1: top of their game. Dolphins didn't do a good, a good job coming in, but I think they'll More have sustainable a better success. impact. Like. Throughout You know After four or five yeah. seasons I think they'll see More success than the Titans
0: have Like yeah. since they've been In the comp Interesting Awesome So we'll see what the, the, the Dragons the, Sorry The but Dolphins what, Will be working You progress. know Whatever
1: the Roosters Are missing in round one They'll, they'll just go buy it Yeah yeah Don't yeah, worry yeah, that's about right, it yeah. Don't worry about
0: it And um, I think Brendan Smith Will be a good pick up But I'm not sure How well he'll go At number nine Over a whole season I think Connor Watson Being out for a while
1: Hurts their game plan yeah. A little bit I think we would have seen A lot of that Sort of Um super sub sort yeah. of mentality like like the sort of um Harry Grant, Brandon Smith sort of combo. But yeah. um I I mean they'll work it out, mate. They'll just Uncle Nick will write a check <laughs> and something will happen. That's right. They'll they'll have Reed Marnie there
0: next year or <laughs> something. <laughs> um now moving on to the final game of the weekend, and finally I will get to talk about my beloved West Tigers. Uh, back to Leichhardt the start of the season Sunday afternoon. I know it's a six o'clock game, but it is daylight saving still, so should be able to get that some of that golden hour coming in over the hill over that uh, that western corner there. Um, onto the, uh, the lovely fig trees, looking down at the uh, Wayne Wayne Pierce Hill and the Wayne Pierce scoreboard there, uh, and seeing a, a wonderful thirteen plus Tigers win. Uh, in, in, again, in, in my non-biased opinion, or my unbiased opinion, uh, West have recruited the best in the league uh, over the off-season. The addition of Apisai-Korosau, many who believe is the best or the most informed number nine in the competition. You look at Penrith, they had largely the same squad in 2019 as they did in 2020 to 2022. The difference was Apisai-Korosau coming into the fray and taking them from 10th to a grand final, then two successive premierships there. Just his partnership, and you look at what he did with Manly, with Daly Evans. That's when they were looking most certainly in terms of getting a premiership. And then obviously South Sydney he won a premiership. So he's a three-time premiership winner. And probably only the likes of um, Luke Keary and maybe one or two other players of uh, in the competition have uh, experienced that level of success. So I'm looking forward to him just screwing up the four-pack. And the reform of the four-pack this, this uh This summer has been as good as the superannuation reform that's come through this week. Unbelievable. We've gone from having a four-pack where one player averages over 100 metres, Joe Fangawi, to having a vast majority of players in the 17, in the four-pack and on the bench, averaging over 100 metres a game. Big Stefano Kamani was coming back, arguably one of the best young forwards in the game, was put on ice last year due to injury, so I'm looking forward to seeing him bump some guys off, get over the line and put some (coughs) defence clout into the pack. David Clemmer, you know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get 140 metres a game. You know you're going to get preventing plenty of starch. And Timmy Sheen has added a little offload to his game in the off-season. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Oh, yes, it gets even better. Isaiah Papali'i. Oh, brilliant. I love what I saw from him in the trial. I know he'll give an 80-minute performance. I know I'm speaking to the choir when I talk about Isaiah Papali'i and the impact that he has on the team. Thank you, Parramatta, for providing us with such a quality player. And then, oh, my personal favourite, please, sir, may I have some blow? Sean Bla on the right edge. Oh my gosh, this but this guy's had, you know, so much. He's had so much hard luck over the last few years. Two knee, two recos. When he has been on the paddocks, he has made an impact for the short time he's been on there. Everyone remember his, his debut. He started to make a name for himself in 2021 on that left edge. Um, before again injury struck and then he was getting back for the, for, I think it was a shoulder and then I think uh, came back for it, it was the last session before the trial last year and he did his knee
1: doesn't sound good mate no but he, <laughs> he is
0: back and I'll tell you what I love what I saw combining with him and Tommy Tileo on the trial I think he'll be a dynamic on that right edge I think it'll take two or three guys to put him down and he just runs like his life depends on it you know like he just looks intent there was, was, even in the trial when we played the trial he, there was a drop ball and they caught it back for the scrum but like he, he, he ran to pick up the ball and the way he just picked it up, he got his big legs going. And <laughs> I was like, "Oh, please, sir, may I have some blow?" And uh, that was delightful. and I know Matt Skinner and all the t- Tigers faithful out there are looking forward to seeing that. And then you got Offhand Gowie, our best forward at the back there. And then the, the, the dynamism coming off the bench, Alex Twal Will he get his first try this year? Got you yeah, with will. with Coruscant feeding in the ball uh, for Noa Polo and then obviously the. Uh, the prized recruit, Johnny Bateman, will come into the fray later on. He's not playing this weekend. And as a result of him not playing this weekend, he's not in the uh, official training squad for this week. So I've actually got a surprise guest interview with him. Uh, Johnny Bateman joins. He's just come up for the new $75 million Centre of Excellence. Uh, Johnny, thanks for joining us here. On the uh on the podcast political football one of our uh, favorite players one of our favorite long time listeners from what you were telling us before the podcast tell us what uh, brought you back to Australia
1: yeah go mate yeah go oh thank thank Tom thank Joe oh, thank, um yeah or oh, yeah
0: go go mate good to be
1: here. get get here with all visa um uh you'll be down there meet Shane's um Go got back me uh Engure donut on the way um yeah good good to be back good to be back
0: mate um yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Johnny, for that. Uh, it's good. To, it's good to hear that you're so enthusiastic about being back in a, being back in Australia. Uh, what was the reason last time that you had to go back to that you you, you cut your time short with Cameron and go back to the Super League? Was it a COVID thing? Was it a family thing? What what took you back to the UK? Oh, oh
1: yeah. I don't know, well, I haven't really decided it, Um, you know, I just caught things. Uh, it's, uh, me and my little pub. Miss my little pub get down there a couple uh, a couple of me back, old geezers are back home have, have a couple of beers with them but they, you know they are married now I've got kids and
0: stuff um so I thought I might come out of here have would be have a bit more fun yep. mm. and speaking of kids I, I believe you've just added another one to the litter um you got a young one the young one that's just been born <laughs> um tell us what it's like to be yeah be uh be a father and, and does that put playing rugby league in the perspective. Oh, yeah, mate. yeah. Oh, I'm, that's just on side, mate, you know, I'm, I'm here to play footy, uh, or oh, bring, bring my
1: kids around uh, and game and that, and, um, oh, uh, so, you know, it's all right, it's all right, but we're back, footy's on, me. don't worry about them little kids running around, they'll be right, mate, always bring them out, and give them a meat pie, a village meat pie the, at the ground, down at Leichhardt,
0: so, uh, yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Fantastic, and you, there's been a few issues with your visa coming back into Australia. Probably some of the reasons why you've been delayed and not playing this round one game. What have you been doing to keep fit in the off season? You've been doing a lot of running, a lot of gym stuff. What, what, what have you been doing to, to keep fit and making sure that you're in good shape for when you do make your return in the coming weeks?
1: Oh yeah, mate. A, a lot, a lot of beach running down, down the beach. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Just running down or the the, the, the bear run. Oh, the beer uh, on, yeah. yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the beer on. Yeah, North Down there, mate. Uh yeah, not, not much other than that, you know, just uh running around the the English sun. Um Yeah, mate, I would say I'm pretty fit, but we'll we'll see mate. I, I mean it's not hard to fit into our four pack, we don't have much uh much strength, but uh I kinda wish I was playing for Parramatta
0: well, okay, yeah, very very good. Well unfortunately Parramatta got no room in their cap, but um you'll just have to do with the West Tigers for the for the time being. Um You've uh, you've you've met Timmy Sheens now in person, um and, and you've had a tour of the Centre of Excellence. What what's the vibe of the club down there the new Centre of Excellence and and what's Timmy's game plan for you and how does he plan to fit you into the team? Oh it's excellent, mate. Oh she's excellent. Um yeah I mean
1: listen, or oh. She's, you know, you oh, he just tell me what to do I, I do it. You tell me to run, I run. Tell me to play the ball, play the ball. Uh, offload, <laughs> offload.
0: I, I just do it. If she, mate, she's, he's genius. He's genius that boy. Oh. Some may say he's a genius, but um, that's all the time we've got for for uh, for you, so Johnny Bateman. Thanks for coming down and clarifying everything. Um, you were great to interview, and uh, yeah, best of luck with the season. Go well, Tigers. Fix sure, fix
1: Tom. Oh, looking forward to meet round two, round two. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Well, that was Johnny Bateman there. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure if our listeners got any further clarity as to what was going on there. Um it's a bit hard to understand, but um I'm sure when he comes around to playing as a footballer, you know, he'll he'll pull up his socks and, and get a job for the mighty done for the mighty West Tigers. In relation to the outcome of this game, I've tipped the Tigers by fourteen, uh something like twenty eight to twenty twenty eight to fourteen or maybe twenty six to twelve. Yeah, I do think the Tigers will get the job done. And yes, thanks Johnny. Johnny just ducked out um mm-hmm.
1: late training session tonight. Um I just want to come back to your intro of Sean Bloor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The biggest pump-up speech of all time featured you highlighting his 27 injuries in the past three <laughs> years. That's amazing. So it's about that the that resilience. exciting. It's about the resilience. Um. But yeah, I, I'm excited for him too, mate. I just thought that was quite funny. What else am I seeing on the Tigers team? Oh, yes, what I wanted to say. Something that really worries me looking at this list is the recruitment has not gone past the forward pack, obviously, obviously Luke Brooks might have a better chance to make an impact now because he's got different forwards around him and with a bit of go ahead from Appy out of out of dummy half <laughs> will help Brooks a lot and give Brooks a bit more time and space, but Laurie, Norfolkma Naden Talau and Staines concerns me a little bit still right. I think. I think if that, you know, if you had one of those outside backs, if you recruited some I mean, Staines is all right, but, you, you know, you're not writing home about him coming to your club. Um, your centers worry me a, a little bit. I think there could be some issues there, but, look, you could be one or two outside back or back acquisitions off of a bloody good team there. Yeah. Well, um, I, mean, yeah.
0: I think Talau is, again, he was coming off a knee injury. He's almost like a new signing yeah. again. He's, he's, scored, he's got a great try scoring record for the amount of games he's played. He was in that Westfield sports team with Jacob Saab and Jacob Ravillo and all those sort of guys who went on to win the national championship. He, he's, he's a gun. It's just that people have forgotten about him for being off for a year. And I think Nadine is a good role player. I think uh, I really liked him at Penrith. Uh, he didn't fit into the dog system, but... I like what I see from him in the trials, and again, he was one of our better players last year before he got injured, so I like that. I get what you point about the wings, but wingers don't win premierships. They might contribute to it, but that wouldn't be the effort. The, probably the key question is the, the, the gelling of, of Dewey and Brooks, and if that goes well, well then the outside-back narrative takes care, take, like, take care of itself, much like most teams, right? If you win the four battle and then the, the, the halves can play with the back of that, then the outside-back narrative take care of itself, but... Um, that's just a bit of regular league tuition there for you. Um, but uh, moving on now to what we think our fearless predictions will be in terms of our top eight. Uh, Joseph, why don't you roll us through your top eight there for us? All right, I'll kick us off. I'll start. How about we go...
1: How about we start with eight right. and move up? All right. I've got Manly rounding out the eight pending Tommy's health. Obviously, you know, when you're making predictions, obviously a lot depends on health. But I think Manly will sneak in. I liked what I saw from, saw from, them, from them in the preseason. Um, and I just think they'll do enough. I think there'll be a big fight for that eighth spot. I think the Raiders, um, Manly, I think the Tigers and the Broncos, maybe the Dogs could be fighting for that spot. I think you'll see a, a very close battle for that last spot in the eight. Um, Then I got the Cowboys. I still see them in the finals. Well, I don't see them top 4 this uh like they were last year, but I see them still getting getting back to the finals. I've got Melbourne slipping down a little bit, so I've got them at 6. Um I think they'll comfortably make the finals, but I think they'll have a little bit of a shock there trying to sort of um bring those their new sort of forward pack into into good form. Um, then I've got the Roosters coming in at five. I think they'll just miss the eight based on just based on some of the people who are missing for them yeah. um, and them obviously trying to fit in some new signings that are in big positions. I think it might take a while for that to get clicking, yeah. um, but by the time it does, I think they'll get they'll do enough to uh, get themselves up near the four. Then I've got Sharks at four. Um, I think they'll build off what they did last year um, and continue that and strengthen up a bit. As we talked about, they've got good depth. Uh, I've got Parrot coming in at three. Um, I think we're going to have a good year. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll touch on Parrot quite a lot this season because they're just going to be so good. <laughs> uh, I've got Penrith at two. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just think something must be wrong with Penrith right now. They're losing a lot of players. Um Things don't seem to be great there. I don't like we I haven't heard much. I don't know if you've heard much, Tom, but yeah. people are just dropping off like flies from there. Obviously, they had an injury like Taylor May, um, but they've they're losing players after player yeah. after player. Obviously, the last one like New. Yeah. Um. So I think something could be something could be brewing at Penrith, um, but I still see them being quite good. But then I have Rabbits taking right. out the minor Premiership. I just think Rabbits. A few seasons in a row now, they've been slow to get started, and then they've finished really, really strong, right. like getting themselves up into the, like around that top four. Um, but I think if they can just work that out maybe four or five weeks earlier, I think they'll take out that top spot.
0: Very good. I think, well, that, that's a, you know, oh, my, my top eight would largely uh, align with that, probably different rankings along the way, but um, I think it can't be, can't be faulted. That's a pretty pretty solid top eight. Um my mine probably has a bit more jockeying of positions, but let's speaking of mine, let's get to Ania. Have a good job on that. Uh, typical sort of great analytical mind there, uh, going to work. Um, let's. I'll go. I'll go from eight then uh, as well. I'll go eight Cowboys. Now I think the Cowboys on the top Payton have a, uh, got a new identity. I I like their team, but I just think they won a lot of close games in twenty twenty two. And it's not often that you win that many close games, including a robbery against the Tigers. <laughs> um, so look, I think if 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 I if Tigers can beat you, then I don't rate you. That's just the, that's just the, the fact of the matter. So by that, the logic, I don't rate Parramatta. i no, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> um, but um, I just think the they're they're regress a bit more to the mean. Um, and you know, occasionally, you know, people can rediscover their old twilight like Chad Townsend and 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 the like um, as well. But I just think. Um, They'll, they'll come back to the pack Compared to like how other teams are shaping up I've got seven Tigers Obviously a bit of a personal pick there But I expect nothing but success From Sheenzy and Benji Marshall Benji Marshall doesn't very achieve success Everything he does Whether it be winning premierships Or winning Celebrity Apprentice So I expect that <laughs> winning mentality to come through And I really like the balance of the team There's a good mix of youth coming through As well as uh, some older experienced heads That have signed I've got six Parramatta six, I've got Parramatta edging out with Tigers So I've got to make you happy I just think You've got that DNA for the last couple of years. Good spine still. Uh, Gutho at the back there. Moses still brown. And stability there, which is key. Uh, I've got five Melbourne. You know, that's just a case of, you know, repeated success, even though they got themselves to there by being a salary cap cheats. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I've got four Roosters. Again, that's just to hope to put the mockers on them. <coughs> that anything that I try, that I back, goes the other way. So, again, I'm not spending any time on them. And I won't be spending any time on it, because every time in the north... North of Australia, someone gets eaten by a crocodile. Right, number three. Number number three. Bob Catton, what's he doing here? Um, (laughs) Number three, I've got the Bunnies. um, So they'll make all our South Sydney fans happy, including uh, Mr. Anthony Albanese. How you going, Albo? Um, And uh, Jack Carney and the like. Um, I've got them. Stability, they haven't changed their roster at all. But Troll Mitt, big fan. Um, Cody Walker uh, Damian Cook with a good four pack there good ingredients for top four and again they've been resident top four the last five years even though they've come short of a premiership two I've got Panthers just again I think how they're going to approach this season will not be so much going for the back to back line of premierships I think they've achieved that they've achieved 42 points in the competition year and all that sort of Being you know, a golden state warriors gear I think this year will be about Building them up to try and be a three-peat, something that the Broncos in the 90s couldn't do mm. or um, the Roosters a couple of years ago. So I think they're... I, I, again, I, I, I still rate the Panthers highly. They've got a, 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 a plethora of talent coming through, a plethora of Panthers, if you like a bit of alliteration there, um, coming through. that They won SG Ball, they won New South Wales Cup, uh, they won jersey flag The only st- st- thing That stopped them Doing the a clean, the, do the clean sweep Of all the grades Was West Magpies Howard Matthews So shout out to those boys And no they, doubt They've got a big future At the Concord Club um, Number one I've got the Sharks Just to change it up I've got the Sharks I think Craig Fitzgibbon Is a model of consistency The Sharks could become The Indianapolis Colts Of rugby league Where they just destroy The regular season But then end up bowing out in the postseason, season Like they did last year um, But yeah I think they've got A really good team I love, I love their attack um, And I think often this year, when you come up against a shark, that'll be the acid test of where you're at. Just quickly before you wrap up here, Joe, give me your Premiership winner and your m winner. Premiership winner, I have Parramatta Eels. I truly believe that with
1: all my soul. Dalym winner, I have. Oh sh. Shoot,
0: who do I have for Dally M, Daly M, Daly M. Come back to me on Daly okay, M, I'll come, come back to Daly M. Um, I'm going to go, seeing that Joanne for uh, Parry, it would only be fair that I ride or die with my beloved Tigers. Uh, you're turning around in the season these days. Um, and so I'm going with Tigers to come from four straight wins outside the eight. Um, outside, not outside the eight. I mean, impossible, but uh, outside the top four, I mean. Uh, and Daly M medal winner of the year. I'm going with Nathan Cleary. Really, he should have won it by this point in time. But suspension and injury have cursed him so far. But if he plays a whole season, especially with Carlos now out, kick out, those people who can take points off him. I only really see Luai or Isaiah Yo being able to take points off him on a consistent basis. So on that provision and the amount of games I think they'll still win, I'll go with Nathan Cleary. And by that point, his resume will be nearly complete um, by the age of 25. So I'll go with the best player in the game to show his class this year. Um, but yeah, that's it for political yeah, yeah, football. Yeah, I got
1: one, oh, I got one more. You... Oh, Daly M. Oh, M. Sorry, yeah. um, you didn't come back. To me. I thought you meant to come back <laughs> next episode. Next. Oh no, I'm here now. All right, I'm gonna say, based on how I've said South will be in pole position, I think, Trail, Trell mid. I think if he can stay healthy, obviously missed a lot of time with his hammy last season. Um, obviously struggles sometimes with a little bit of suspension here and there. But I think if he can keep his head on um, and keep his body in, in right shape, he is a machine, and I think he could take enough three-point performances to, to get him that dalian
0: Brilliant. Well, um, that's, uh, that's a great way to finish out. Troll mid and, uh, and Parramatta to win the competition for Big Joseph Boyden over here, for myself, West Tigers to take, the, take it all the way, and for Nathan Cleary to win. Ironically, Luke Brooks will be kicking the field goal to bury Nathan Cleary's three p in the grand final. That's just another prediction I thought in there for right. a bit of fun. But uh, yeah, go well this week. And if you made it this far, you're a brave man or a brave woman. Uh, and good go well and enjoy your weekend. Take care. Love yous. Happy rugby league.